0: Hey, welcome to the Afikra podcast. My name is mikey Imhanna. Today's episode is another collaboration with Liwan Design Studio and Labs as a part of Qatar Museum. The topic today is designing, experimentation, and reviving craft. And we have three fantastic guests Asma Darwish, Samar Yamani, and Aisa Al Jalahma. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Feel free to watch it on YouTube. Just go to slash YouTube. And check out our other podcast by going to slash podcasts. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone. My name is Mike Imhenda. I'm going to be your host this evening. This is part of our ongoing series that we are doing with Qatar Museums and Liwan. We're excited to, for that series. The title of today's talk is Designing, Experimentation, and Reviving Craft. We have three fantastic guests with us to talk about this. The first is Risa Al Jala. uh, Al-Jalala Sorry, excuse me Um, Who is the founder of Jilid A leather crafting brand based in Doha, Qatar Isa founded Jilid to follow his passion For leather crafting and product designing He loves working with his hands And utilizing old traditional techniques Of leather crafting Where traditions resulted in premium leather products that contain more character, more identity, and more strength than contemporary machine-made products. Currently, he's utilizing his brand to share his passion with the world. Today, Zilid ships their products worldwide with a focus in the MENA region. Samar Yamani is a design curator and creative director with experience in contemporary crafts. He's curated and directed exhibitions and design collections in collaboration with prestigious institutions, brands and designers in more than 40 cities around the world, with a special focus on the Middle East. His curatorial practice is characterized by digging deep into local cultures, leading him to work closely with local designers and artisans. He's worked on significant programs and collections and, uh, and exhibitions, which include uh, Manasa and Marathi design uh, platform by Expo 2020 Dubai, post-craft uh, collection by BD Barcelona Design, b Design Studio and Labs by Qatar Museums, and crafts dialogue collection by uh, Ether Contemporary Crafts C- Council in Sharjah. His work has been exhibited in many international art and design events and we're welcome, uh, very glad to have him. Lastly, Esma Darwish is an interdisciplinary artist and designer with multicultural background. She's interested in Middle Eastern culture and the preservation, as well as the emergence of a cultural identity. Her research explores dimensions of authenticity through reimagined cultural artifacts, primarily through performance. Her work invites the audience to interact with heritage inspired objects in novel ways. Her most recent project was a collaborative work between designers and artisans that produced and fostered reimagined cultural artifacts, as well as promoted cultural uh, appreciation of a Qatari product that has become important in the definition and formation of an authentic identity. Asma, Isa, Samir, welcome to the conversation. Thank you. Let's start with kind of the title. Um, as I just, you know, I sort of uh, plowed through your bios. Clearly, all of you seem to be thinking about identity, uh, craft, but that's from the outside looking in. So maybe let's start, Hesa, with you, and then we can go uh, with Samit and Esma in that order. Do you believe that your work is Concerned with preserving craft, is that something that you think about on a sort of daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis? Um, And if so, is preserving really the right word uh, to describe what you're doing? Um, I I do believe that uh, my work, uh, which is leather
1: crafting, is concerned to preserving the craft. One of the main uh, concerns I had, which was uh, machine-made leather products, Uh, In many cases during my corporate career, you know, I use them daily and they break down too easily. And then I started researching on on something that can last. And there I found out that, you know, handcrafted, hand-stitched products can last uh, generations and can be as well family heirlooms. There I started practicing uh, in leather and I started trying to perfect the techniques, the theory, Perhaps preserving is not the actual word. It's uh, reviving, I would say, uh, reviving the craft because when in the industrial the industrial uh, period came, uh, the crafting uh, took a back step. And especially now, consumers are becoming more aware. And I think that uh, like a rebound is happening uh, to quality rather than quantity. And our work is mainly focused creating something beautiful that can last generations to come. Yeah. yeah. And this is our main focus uh, uh, in crafting and one of my main focuses and one of my main missions and uh, in creating this brand.
0: Just to stick with you for a second, Haysa, Um no. when you talk about revival, are you reviving things that you knew growing up? Are, do you come from this world? Um, are you new to the leather Uh, sort of artisan um, world, or are you discovering it at the same time? To be honest,
1: uh, I would consider myself new. Uh, Perhaps I have five years experience in leather crafting, but uh, I'm still discovering, researching, uh, trying to connect it with uh, the Arab world. Um, As you you may know, the saddle, which is very famous uh, in, in our Arab history, um so i'm researching that and trying to connect my work to our history as well and i think here is is the last workshop i did with afikra inspired me even more to connect with our local culture
0: cool amazing Samuel let's talk about you for a second um do you think you know as i was reading your bio maybe the first sentence wouldn't um wouldn't strike people as oh, this is a person who is concerned with preserving craft or even craft uh, more broadly. Do you think of yourself as, who, as somebody who is professionally concerned with preserving craft? Does that make sense?
2: First of all, Mickey, thank you for, uh, so much for uh, yeah. inviting me to be part of this uh, talk. And I would definitely use different term to describe what sure. I am doing. In this case, I would say reintroduction of the crafts in the contemporary life. Um, I think crafts uh, have a very strong power of communication. It tells a lot about the stories of a nation, it tells a lot about the local culture, but also it's a, it's a very powerful communication tool. So um, in this era where communication actually is very important and the content is very important, reintroducing and re-empowering this tool with a contemporary aspect and uh, context, I think it's crucial. Uh, Hence um, the word of preserving craft uh, requires technically uh, maybe totally a different, um, let's say processes that it's not what I'm doing because I'm uh, somehow reintroducing uh, the crafts to the constantly changing paradigms, uh, paradigms of productions and methods and processes and materials. So merging crafts with the new materials and sustainable processes of production or new technologies and high um, tech devices um, interacting with craft that would not, should not be considered as preserving, should be from my point of view considered reintroduction, re-exploring and trying to make sure that craft will and the craft product will have life in our contemporary life as a region where somehow we're being unfortunately for a long time framed and let's say the context of heritage so trying to drag that back to the contemporary life and the contemporary use the contemporary context definitely should be uh, should be let's say presented in the way of production of the crafts yeah. so i don't know if i answered your question you did but- you did,
0: but you've you sort of provoked another one. Which, who is the audience for that conversation? I mean, are you speaking to? You're you're beating this drum of, hey, you know, we need to we need to be rethinking uh, supply chain and uh, uh, products and all these different things, and rethinking uh, production um, is. And you're beating that drum. Are you uh, preaching to consumers? Are you preaching to policymakers? Are you preaching to Um, companies themselves and brands who is the audience that you're really trying to convince you know in the last
2: years it's really impressive to see how design and contemporary crafts actually seen is flourishing around the region so now it's uh, i've been in this profession for years but now in the last latest years becoming more easy because the design and the craft ecosystem is more shaped, it's more clear. Mm. So you have institutions, you have galleries, you have consumers, you have collectors, you have uh, brands that are willing and um, working hard to be actually in the core of the uh, craft and contemporary craft, let's say era, which is definitely the best era that the craft actually is having in the last 10 years, let's say, it's not something that's happening in our region. It's happening all over the world, and as um, uh, yeah, Isa just said, um, it's it's uh, it's um, it's um, the, the time that every designer and maker can actually be part of it. So that the huge change in the design ecosystem in the region. Uh, alongside the awareness about the craft and the handmade and the context and the quality and the sustainability, craft become um, the tool of how um, we should be more aware about sustainability and about the environment and about the waste that um, industrial processes actually can leave. So there is a change in paradigm, there's a change of perception and a mood internationally. So this region actually is following and trying to be active in that, minimum to cater their needs and to cater the people who live here and and work and, and feel these crafts and the context of local crafts.
0: Interesting. Okay, cool. Esma, um, I want to bring you into this uh, as well. So uh, responding to that original question, um, given your work, do you feel like you are concerned with preserving craft? And if that, if that uh, phrase really makes sense and applies to your work? And if not, why?
3: Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to this talk. Uh, well, I definitely not preserving craft. Um, as a designer, I am very, very interested in cultural production. And I believe that craft is an inherent uh, uh, aspect of the culture. So as a designer, I try to create opportunity between design and craft, and then uh, connect them somehow, uh, create methods and strategy uh, between designers and artisans to share their know-how. And then it's more of re-envisioning craft and uh, re-envisioning authenticity through uh, designed and handcrafted objects that tell a story, that speak about the culture, um that help people uh, identify themselves i feel like uh, there is always a, a nostalgia uh, for origin and a obsession uh with authenticity and um we live through objects object tell story tell story culture beliefs uh and we As people, we are obsessed by having objects and buying objects that are not necessarily, they don't necessarily have a utilitarian function, but we want to be surrounded by these objects because we identify um, ourselves through these uh, artifacts. So I think it's important that um, design come together with uh, craft and uh, create a new platform of uh, collaboration and a new meaning and a new authenticity, a a new authentic product.
0: Yeah. So maybe I'll I'll, I'll ask this question. um, Esma, maybe you can start um, and then we can open it up to everybody. But all of you are talking about uh, contemporary craft, right? Um, And really making some ecosystem that is making useful products, that's rethinking. Um, the sort of externalities of the industrial system as we have it now. Um, how can we successfully encourage and um, encourage and sort of stimulate that craft economy that is built that is making contemporary, not just nostalgic, little pieces of uh, objects that are uh, that don't have utility or don't have function? How can we actually stimulate that and? what are some examples of successful organizations doing that or successful initiatives that you've seen in the region?
3: I think it's important to investigate the local. um, So wherever you are uh, working or exploring this, you have to investigate the local circumstances uh, and the local condition and uh, where people are practicing uh, these. And then then through investigating that, you can then explore what are the limitations and then what are the capabilities and then what can be possible to do and what's, what like, if I can, if I, if I, I I, I won't, I would love to give uh, Qatar as an example because I have been working on the local, um, on the local, locally for a while on this uh, subject. Uh, I believe that, because Qatar is a cross-cultural environment. So it's a unique environment that can create, um, that can be unique in the way we treat this. So for example, people, they are coming from different backgrounds, uh, artisans that are not necessarily local, material is important, imported from different countries. Uh, Products are, uh, uh, they are made by craftsmen, but they are bought by different, like by, by local expats, tourists. So you would question what makes this product Qatari, or what makes it hand uh, like crafted, mm-hmm. or what makes it 100% Qatari or authentic product? Because usually, when a product is uh, made by an artisan, we call it authentic, right? So then, um, um, Qatar becomes a unique environment where all the non-Qatari aspects of this product becomes what makes it exclusively Qatari because it's uh, uh, diversified. It's um, it's rich in its process and its story, it it, it tells a whole story. So I think we need to start understanding the local concept and then it create a story out of it. Because it's important that each of these objects or initiatives tell a story for the audience, for the public, so they can start understanding these and contextualizing it and to build appreciation for these, uh, for these things. Um, I think in Qatar uh, specifically, the... There have been many, many initiatives to work with, uh, with uh, artisans. Um, but there is the artisans, but it is still fragmented. Each is working by it. Um, like there are different a variety yeah. of initiatives, but they still didn't yet yeah, come together under one umbrella, under one hub, to actually celebrate that and to create a proper or sustainable uh, approach to re-envisioning re- uh, authenticity and craft. Okay. I don't know if I replied. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's great. Samit. I saw you sort of like nodding your head throughout, <laughs> throughout ESMA's answer. I don't know if you have anything to add. What are some of the sort of investments um, or initiatives across the region that you've seen that may have been successful in supporting this uh, uh, contemporary crafts economy?
2: Should be uh, maybe the answer should be uh, structured around two main um, two main points. Um, The contemporary the the term that use contemporary craft economy uh, I would definitely uh, try to merge it with what is the creative economy in general uh, rather than fragmented to this uh, point because design itself. Is a crucial component of the creative economy, and crafts that now contemporary crafts are totally linked to design and art. Should I mean it's it's considered some somehow uh, part of this component of the creative economy. So it's it's uh, having the same treat, it's having the same mood, and it's uh, flourishing as all the creative economy in the region are flourishing. Being uh, living in the UAE, it's actually very. Uh, important uh, in a very, very special time where there is a a clear willing rather politically or culturally to empower the creative economy and to invest in the the cultural infrastructure that the UAE is considered one uh, of the most advanced maybe in the region in regards to infrastructure rather institutions that are supporting, promoting, slash uh, and preserving crafts and design or a commercial slash economic, um, let's say infrastructure like furs, galleries, um, uh, interior designers, uh, architects, uh, collectors, so that the ecosystem, and I'm back to the same point, the ecosystem actually is pushing the boundaries for more content that are that is more relevant to the region, and that is a need in the market. Hence, when there is a clear need in the market, the market will move uh, accordingly in order to cater these needs. And the designers here are the providers for uh, for this content and need, as well as museums and galleries and uh, collectors.
0: So just for the sake of time, we're gonna go straight to the question and answer from the audience. And so first question comes from Marianne. Marianne, if you wanna unmute yourself, you can go ahead and do that. Hi, Hi. Um, thank
3: you for the conversation, I've enjoyed it. And in the States, one of the issues is appropriation. Um, It's a, a major topic in the arts and in the use of imagery and symbolic symbols. And I'm curious if that's something that you have to consider with your work or in your educate, education of your audience
2: and how you do that. Thank you, Marianne. If I think yes, uh, symbols is part of the of the narrative of any uh, brief or a design. So uh, yes, there is a special treat for symbols here, if I understand correctly your question. And um, sometimes because of the region we are working, yes, uh, things can be. should be should be tackled uh, smartly but uh, also a region has a lot of symbols that are were not uh, not well explained before or used or spread so maybe through the collections or the works we are doing it's a good opportunity to reintroduce these symbols and work with them again but yeah definitely it's uh, something that we i personally work and take in consideration i don't know if i understand the question correctly
0: okay Here's a question from Sheikh Althani uh, For Samar, you've worked on ways to preserve and elevate crafts of local artisans and contemporary designers from all over the world, beautifully seen at Expo 2020. How do you approach your collaboration in your work? There
2: is. A, thank you for the question. Uh, there is. I, I do believe I'm a big believer in collaborations. Uh, collaborate or die. So uh, basically, there are different ways of of uh, building a collaboration, rather from the technique, the material, the approach, the narrative, the social impact of the designer. So it uh, depends on what is the project. Is it for a museum? Is it for a gallery? Is it for expo? Uh, but um, uh, normally, I, I, I try to understand exactly what are the whole and holistic, uh, let's say, analysis of the designer or the or provider or the artisan and try to find um, similarities and something in common or not with, uh, with, uh, with the collaborator, so I can build a narrative that uh, could both of them, put off both of them equally equally, which is very important to bring the artisan to the level of the designer and say, we need each other to work. So yeah, th- this is also a very important uh, component in any collaboration that they are presented equally and they are respected equally in the, in the, the collection. I'm trying to be fast.
0: Yeah, so, no, that's um, great. Um, our final question, I'm gonna have all of you ask this, uh, answer this um, as fast as possible. I'm gonna ans- ask it for Kinda if that's okay, just for time. And the question is, what is your favorite crafted piece you have at home right now? If
3: I actually, I designed it in collaboration with an artisan, which is a prayer rag made out of leather. And this was a question that I really wanted to ask Isa earlier, but we really didn't have time when people asked him if it's hand stitched or with machine, if the fact that is done made with stitched with machine removed from the actual authentic aspect of it or the, uh, because nowadays, um, the the mentality change the trend trend change that is machine so it can be combined the 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 methods can be combined can be digital analog so it's a prayer rag that is hand uh, woven uh, by an artisan from Souq Waqif in Duha, his name is Haytham and it's designed uh, and the design is a digital it's a parametric um, design that is generated by a software that we put it together. I love it because it's a pure uh, collaborative work. It's a very equal contribution and it's, it's
0: very meaningful. Uh, Isa, do you have one that comes to mind? Um,
1: to be honest, uh, I have an antique uh, knife, leather knife. Uh, it's like 1920. Um, I've got it from a closed museum two years ago and I got it back into shape and it's like i use it on my daily work and it's just like uh, for me it's like a heritage heirloom Uh, it has a good vibe from it and i think it i think it was made in france uh, the knife so yeah this is my favorite piece and i didn't put my work in it but i kind of revived it and got it back into use
0: amazing samir take us away
2: well, for me, I have a beautiful uh, rug uh, that is uh, 200 years old. I bought it from Imam Iwan Maktabi from uh, the yeah. Georgian, rare, uh, full of flower. Unfortunately, I cannot show it to you, small one, and I'm in love with this piece. Uh, yes, and the story behind and the change of, of the colors they, they did and the design. So this is my favorite piece in, in my home in Dubai.
0: Amazing. Um, well, thank you to all all of you um, who attended the talk, and special thanks to Liwan for hosting this, as well as of course Asma, Arisa, and Samir. This was real a real fun look into an area that a lot of us don't spend uh, enough time thinking about. So, thank you so much for sharing your time and your perspective with us. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Mickey. Okay, everyone, this recording will go up on our YouTube and on our podcast in a few days. So if you have friends who missed it, uh, please share it. Let them know about it. And we will see you tomorrow. We have another event tomorrow. All right. Okay, everybody. Ciao. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikida.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikida.com slash support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.